As a disclaimer, this podcast will talk a lot about um, sexual assault and go into some graphic details. So if that's something that you're not comfortable with, um, listen to another episode or tune in for the next episode. Today on True Crime Tea Time, we're going to talk about um, Brock Turner and kind of everything that happened with that situation um, and his sentencing, all of that. Um, do you guys know much about that case at all? You know what? I do a bit, but I haven't familiarized myself with a lot of the main points, but I was waiting for, for you today, Randy. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a little bit when it was all happening, but yeah. I'm sure um, I need to be reminded of, of what exactly happened. Well, and part of me was like, this might be a good time to talk about it. I mean, I know it was like five years ago, but mm-hmm. just talking about everything else that's going on in the world and privilege that people have that, you know, they have some sort of privilege and get away with a lot more than other people do and, you know, stuff like that. I just kind of thought it was a good thing to bring up that, you know, there's there's all this other sort of privilege going on in the world, but there's also these things that have been going on for a long time that, you know, continue to happen and we have to make some sort of change. And this is what I felt comfortable talking about. Not comfortable in a sense, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. I could talk about it. Um, so if you guys are ready, we have Cassie on and Stefan again. Um, are you ready to spill the true crime tea today? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Um So, on January 17th in 2015, um, Tiffany Miller came home um, from college for the weekend, and her and her older sister, um, she she came home and she was, like, kind of, I think, staying with the family, Um, and her older sister is Chanel, so Chanel is the one that eventually um, all of these events happened to, Um, but Tiffany and her friends decide they're going to go to a Kappa Alpha fraternity party that's on the Stanford University campus in California. Um, And Chanel kind of decides that, you know, she's just going to tag along for fun. Um, She's, you know, the older sister. So she kind of jokes um, that she wanted to tag along and like kind of embarrass her sister a little bit you know have some drinks dance like be silly and just kind of embarrass her sister which I thought was kind of funny yeah totally um I mean I'm an only child so I don't have that experience but I could definitely see how it could happen (laughs) um so you know Chanel had planned on staying home um you know having dinner with the family and just kind of staying home watching tv but then when she finds out that her sister is going to go to this party um and it was the only night our sister was going to be there. She was like, well, I might as well go. So Chanel, Tiffany, and some of Tiffany's friends decide to um, go to this party on campus. Um, I think at least one of Tiffany's friends actually went to school at Stanford. So that's kind of how they had their in at the party. Um, so they go to this party and um, she... You know, on the way there, she's kind of joking with her sister about, oh, the undergrad guys are all going to be young and have braces. And like, <laughs> I'm going to be the big mama of the group. The big mama. <laughs> That's what um, I call my chihuahua. <laughs> and she, you know, she has on this, um, like, cardigan shirt. And she's like, I'm going to be a, called a librarian. And she's just, you know, having fun and making fun of herself. Um, so when they get there, she decides, you know, she might as well make a night of it. Of course, you're going to a frat party. You're going to have some drinks. You're going to, you know, enjoy yourself. So she she has some drinks and lets her guard down. And, you know, she probably goes a little bit overboard. But who hasn't? <laughs> Ooh, I don't miss those frat parties. It happened to all of us. Like, <laughs> times when we just drink too much. <laughs> I had the one time in, um, actually, unfortunately, was not that long ago, <laughs> but I got lost <laughs> in Uber. They dropped me off the wrong place. I got out. And oh, I was like, no. I'm not at home. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and it's in the middle of winter. And... Oh, that's awful. Yeah. So, uh, 
my my stepdad came and picked me up and brought me home. So at least I was able to tell him where I was and be like, please. That's nice. (laughs) How far away from home were you? Uh, far enough away in the middle of winter. Got it. I was probably, I mean, it was probably only like half a mile to a mile away, but still, that's far enough. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so we've we've all had those times. (laughs) Oh, I remember undergrad frat party and the cops came. So my smart self decided to jump out the window. I sat on the roof until the cops left because oh I didn't want to get in trouble when I sat on the roof in Oregon in winter until the cops left. There were some Russian guys with me. I don't know. I don't really know what happened, but I lived and I graduated. That's what I can tell you. Cassie, I'm sure you have a story for us. God, what the hell do I remember is the question. <laughs> Sitting on a rooftop with Russian guys, I don't know how I met. Oh, it was super cool. In the middle of it, I'll let you know. Um, actually, no, I did think of something. This is probably one of the worst times ever. Um, (laughs) we'll see if this stays in the podcast. But um, I remember I was with um with Jacqueline and Dan and Owen. I think Will was actually out here too. Um, it was like Labor Day weekend. I just ended up getting so trashed. We were at Ventiki to start with. Somehow I had like four tiki drinks. Then we're at Bombay, and Owen was actually pretty sober during most of the day. And you know he just stopped drinking for a long period of time because I was in out of my head you know so apparently there was a point where we were go- going back to owen's car and i was actually laying on the sidewalk in a residential area in front of these neighbors houses and a cop comes by looks at oh, owen no. like is she okay and owen's like yeah it's fine and he's like i think the cop was looking at me like i was doing something bad to you so appropriate i guess for this topic that yeah we're so that's that but yeah. nothing and then the cop drove off did the cop ask you off. if yeah. you were okay oh. <laughs> Everybody was good, and I just remember yeah. my favorite band T-shirt had throw up on it the next morning. Apparently, oh. I threw up outside the car, and Owen just threw my shirt in, like you know, just kind of in a little baggie, left it outside of his car overnight. I'm like, that sucks. So <laughs> I, just, I do have that story. <laughs> oh, Owen's a good anyway. guy. <laughs> he took Sorry, care. Mom. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've all had situations. Whether we're men, whether we're women, what have you, we've all had situations where things get a little out of hand. Good thing we have people there to protect us and take care of us. So, I mean, having a little bit too much to drink obviously doesn't warrant, you know, people to take advantage of you or something bad to happen to you. Um, and I feel like that's something that comes up a lot in this whole story is like, well, they both had too much to drink and, you know. We'll talk more about that after, but (laughs) it comes up a lot in this. Um, So, you know, she goes to this party and has some fun. And ultimately, the next thing that she knows, she's in a on a gurney in a hospital with bandages on her. She's in scrubs. She thought, you know, maybe she had passed out and fell and hurt herself and you know she was just really calm she didn't know what had happened so she's just kind of laying there and she asks where her sister is and um you know her sister at this time isn't there her sister's been looking for her and can't find her so the deputy kind of explains to her that she had been assaulted which that was pretty much all she was told she wasn't told like who found her how they found her what they thought happened, they just said she was assaulted, which could be a number. Right? What was that? This is Tiffany, right? Nope, this is uh, Chanel. Chanel, Tiffany, okay. her sister, yep. Got it, uh, okay, got it. So, at this point, you know, she doesn't know, did someone just attack her, you know, what? And so she's still trying to be calm and is kind of asking questions like, are you sure, like, are you sure this didn't happen to somebody else? You know, the only people she knew going into this were her sister and her sister's friends. So she's like, why would somebody do this to me? And eventually, and so a lot of the stuff I'm, I'm reading right now from her victim statement, because um, I watched I watched that the other day, and then, you know, there's a lot of details in it, so I thought that was the best place to start. Um, so she's eventually, you know, she goes to the bathroom and she realizes, like, 
I have scrubs on and that's all. I don't have any of my undergarments on. I don't have like, you know, anything else on that I should have on. Um, and she, at that point, I think she kind of realized that more happened than she knew. Mm-hmm. And she feels, you know, kind of brushes through her hair and she feels pine needles in her hair and, you know, thought maybe they'd just fallen out of the tree and, um, you know, at this point, she knows more happened, but she doesn't really want to jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. So her sister is still trying to find her. They they let her call her sister, and her sister eventually comes to pick her up. And both of them agree that they're not really going to... They're not going to mention it until they really know what happened. Like, they don't want to worry people. They don't want to get people, like, worked up. Um until they really figure out what happened. Um, and she talks to her boyfriend um, because I guess during all of this, she had called him and she was very incoherent. So like he couldn't understand her. He didn't know what was going on. And so he calls her and he's like, is everything okay? I was really worried about you. Did you make it home? And at that point she was scared because she's like i don't remember calling him yeah um so she at that point she learned that she had blacked out she had called him and left him voicemails at some point she actually spoke to him on the phone but he couldn't understand anything she was saying and so when he's asking her you know are you okay she just says yes i'm fine and hangs up the phone and starts crying because she doesn't realize what really happened at this point Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's coming to the conclusion, which most people would, that there was probably some sort of like sexual assault or rape or something like that involved, but you know, not to not the details of everything that happened. So one day when she's at work, she ends up um scrolling through like some news feeds on her phone and she comes across an article. Um, and if I remember correctly, the title of the article was Stanford swimmer accused of rape or something like that. Mm-hmm. And at this point, this is how she learns about what happened to her. And how long after what did the article come out? This I think was a couple months later. Okay. So, or maybe a month later. Um, so at this point, she I think it was probably about a month later, because at this point she realizes that he's been arrested and is being charged with some sort of assault, which yeah. is crazy to think about, because how how can they charge someone with assault without the victim knowing that they're charging them? Right. How did she find out she was the victim in this case then? So I think she found out because she learned about like she read the details and saw pictures of like oh. where, and she ended up putting two and two together and figuring out that it was her. Oh shit, that's insane. Yeah. So, and I'm gonna read some of the details. They'll be they'll be graphic because. All right. What we're talking about? Are you ready? Trigger warning. Ready. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, there already was before this. I said <laughs> I should probably put that in there. <laughs> um. So. This is, I'll just read part of like what is from her victim statement. So she says, in the article I read and learned the first time about how I was found unconscious, my hair disheveled, necklace wrapped around my neck, my bra pulled out of my dress, dress pulled up over my shoulders, above my waist. I was naked from, I was naked all the way down to my boots and had been penetrated by a foreign object, by someone I didn't know. This is how I learned what happened to me, sitting at my desk, reading the news at work. I learned what happened to me at the same time everyone else in the world learned what happened to me. That's when everything made sense. Pine needles in my hair. They didn't fall from a tree. He had taken off my underwear. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm not going to read the rest. It's too much for me. Um, I didn't even know this person. I still don't know him. Um, when When I read this, I said, I can't believe... Or, this can't be me. She couldn't digest or accept this information. I couldn't imagine my family reading this. 
Um, in the next paragraph, she read something she'll never forget. She read that according to him, she liked it. And she just didn't know how to feel about that. Which, very understandable. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's see. At the bottom of the article, she learned those graphic details. And then the article goes on to list, you know, his achievements that he's had in, in his swimming career at the college. And his amazing swimming times. And it's just kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, you're talking about somebody that committed a crime and assaulted someone. And then you're going to add their achievements in there? Uh, jeez. And, I mean, this is just the beginning of, like, how his achievements and his privilege based on that kind of just let him get away with whatever he wanted. Right. Point blank, I mean. Um, so when when she finds this out, she realizes that she wants she wants to sit down and talk with her family and her boyfriend and all of that before um before they find out, essentially. Um one of the things, so we'll kind of go back a little bit as far as you know how he got caught. So when all of this happened and she was um, behind, she was behind this dumpster. Must not have been all the way behind the dumpster, um, but she was behind the dumpster. And two graduate students at Stanford actually were passing by at the same time. And Brock was still there. Brock was like on top of her. And they kind of saw this and thought something seems weird. So they started to approach the Brock and Chanel and Brock got off of her and started to run. Now, right there, you can tell me what you think, but anybody that's trying to run knows they're doing something wrong. Agreed. Yes. Right. I mean, we've, I don't know if we all have, but it's very common to have sex in public places. But when you're caught, you go, oh, crap, and you try to cover up, maybe. But I've never ran from a partner when I get caught. Like, would pick the person up and go. Exactly, like, cover up. Like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and, and later on, like, they continue to talk about how, yeah, they both had been drinking and this and that. Well, if you're that drunk that you can't understand that somebody didn't say, okay, it's fine to have sex with me, you're too drunk to get up and run away. Right. Well, plus, <laughs> inebriated consent is not consent. No. <laughs> not at it's all. Not. She's not able to consent any longer. Uh, well, and if her own boyfriend couldn't understand her phone call to him, mm-hmm. you know somebody is intoxicated enough that, like, it's not happening. <laughs> like, right. Not okay. So, these two students... Um, Brock gets up and starts running, and one of them takes off after him. Now, Brock's Brock's a swimmer. He was in school on a swimming scholarship, so he's probably in pretty decent shape. And these students are like, and not to be judgmental, but they're like engineering students, so they're not there on a sports scholarship. I thought you were going to say a lit major, because I also do not run. (laughs) But actually, she was, the um, Chanel was... Went to school for, um, I think, journalism or something like that. Um, So, you know, one of the students catches up with them while the other student is trying to, like, wake up Chanel. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this one student catches him and basically holds him down until the police get there and arrest him. So I imagine what would have happened if those two guys weren't there. Right. Like, number one, they probably would never have figured out it was him because she doesn't remember anything. And number two, she probably would have just been left there. Was this on campus? Yeah. Where's campus security? Right? (laughs) I mean, I mean, the two schools I went to, they were annoyingly so, but now looking back, it was also a safety. Right. Yeah. Like they patrol. I mean, I'm not blaming them, but come on yeah. at night. Well, and and even if you think about it, like 
even if it's not necessarily college students, like people who are like sex offenders and stuff would definitely target colleges. Sure. Right. Because they would know that like, you know, there's young 20 somethings that are out at parties walking home late at night. Like, yep. yeah, people that commit those crimes usually aren't stupid. <laughs> I mean, usually, but we had someone and my campus was very safe, but we had somebody, um, I live in the nice storm. The laundry room was in the basement. And so it has those windows, you know, you push out. We had some guy that would crawl in the windows and steal panties out of dryers. What? Swear. Oh my gosh. It was so. Uh. <laughs> oh my. Now, was that caught on camera or was that something just like word of mouth that got around the town? Like, what happened with that? Well, all I know is I was missing a lot of panties. All right. So was everyone else in that dorm. Like, but yeah, that was, well, word of mouth is that there was, I mean, it's Oregon. So, like, there's a lot of serial killers in Oregon. And <laughs> like the guy that. who had, <laughs> exactly. I should visit like, Oregon, so now I'm changing my mind. <laughs> no, Oregon's beautiful. Not everyone's a serial killer. Um, but who was the guy that had those young girls buried under the cement pads? in his home in Oregon. They're like two teenage girls. I remember watching it live when they were like excavating his backyard. Anyways, the big urban legend is he, that he was the panty stealer. I don't know where that came, but well, it makes for a great story at cocktail parties, right? Like a super, like a villain in like a superhero cartoon or something. Right? <laughs> Let me tell you about the time my panties got stolen by a serial oh, killer. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I swear this is my first cider, and I'm just like, <laughs> I have sex in public. My panties are stolen. Who am I? By the way, I'm also looking for a job. You know. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, and I mean that brings up a good point, though. Not the <laughs> which part? No, no. It brings up a good point that, like, and of course nobody needs to share anything, but I can guarantee each and every one of us have some sort of story where somebody has violated our space in some way or another. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, I remember this one time when it was probably five or 6 PM in the summer, light as can be outside. I'm walking with my boyfriend to a restaurant and some guy just comes up and grabs me and my boyfriend didn't do anything about it, so I should have figured out then that that was not going to work out. Yeah, that's Veto. <laughs> but yeah. I don't think he realized, like, it all happened so quickly. I don't think he realized what had happened. But right. then when I said something, like, he didn't get as upset as I thought he should. You know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. I would expect somebody because to Because if, if I was walking next to you, I would have lost my shit. I feel Right. Excuse me. <laughs> I was probably more angry than he was. Which, That's why you gotta rely on your friends sometimes. The SOs do not exactly. always do it. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, we all have something, which is really sad that we do. Right. But every woman has something that has happened where it's made them uncomfortable. It shouldn't have happened. To my knowledge, and I don't know all of my female friends' stories, but I've only had one female friend come up to me and say, I have never been assaulted sexually. Wow. Like, one. And of my entire life. And I'm just like, I think that that is so, it's so sad and something that we don't talk about enough. Yeah, of course. When it's Way to so, bring it down, Seth. I know, right? <laughs> I, knew this, I knew this podcast episode was going to get me really worked up. I just I, knew it. It just has the Minnesota <laughs> accent come out more. I love it. <laughs> I'm talking too fast. And, uh, but on the flip side of that, too, is like there's things that men don't understand. Like, they think that we're being sensitive, or they, and not all men, but a lot of them don't, like, they just don't understand. Like, right. and I'm sure my friend wouldn't mind me telling this story, but she had met a guy on a dating app. First night they met, fine, whatever. And at, like, 10 p.m. at night, he asked her if she wanted to go for a walk somewhere. And he, she's like, no, we should do it during the day. And in his mind, he couldn't comprehend why that wasn't Okay. Like, wow. yes, he could have had good intentions, like, no problems. But as somebody you're meeting for the first time, you're not going to go walking with them in the dark. No. 
And like, he just didn't understand. I've had somebody get upset online dating because I wouldn't let them pick me up for a first date. I'm like, no, my friends know where I'm going. I have a 9 p.m. check-in every date I was going on. Yep. And they know exactly where I'm going in your car. Yeah. That's like before murder. No. Well, and here's, <laughs> I don't know if any of you have done this either, but um, so when I was on dating apps, two things I did. One. I never gave him my actual phone number until we had went out at least a few times. I gave them like a Google voice number or something like that. Are we not supposed to give out our numbers? I didn't. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to do that. I got my number to everybody. I guess. <laughs> but this is probably something that we've all done is kind of like you said, you've had a friend that you've told you're going somewhere and you've had a backup plan if you need to get out of the situation. Yep. Yep. You know, it's actually pretty yep. amusing. So my mom was doing, um, oh my gosh, what was it? Um, not um, Plenty of Fish, that was it. So my mom, you know, was kind of getting back into the dating scene a little bit. And my mom and I are very close. And it's almost like all my like friends or like her kids in a way too. So my best friend Patrick and I, my mom would go on like all these little like uh, Plenty of Fish dates at this local little bar by where, you know, we used to live. And the bartenders must have thought she was so funny. Like, oh, here comes Rainy, you know, with her new flavor of the week. She'd go in for happy hour. That's like her date with all the Plenty of Fish dudes. Like two times a week happy hour at this one place. So Patrick and I, every now and then we would go sit at the bar and watch her because she would ask us to you know and right mom, like in her 50s, I've heard people do that too yep yeah so we Patrick and I would like sit at the other end of the bar maybe sit like at a like a little patio area close to where they were sitting and she would give me a signal like hey come to the bathroom I need to get out of this or but most of the time like she would kind of give me a gesture like almost like a nudge like with her elbow or something that everything was okay so but that's happened a couple times so, smart, yeah. though. it yeah. is I always tell them I have plans with friends that night because then if I if I don't show up for plans with my friends and it stops them from like coming over unless I want them yeah. then I cancel my face. You know? I did the same thing so I when I went on a first date and that was kind of my get out of the situation I was like oh my friend texts me and you know something's wrong with her car and she really needs to help her parents so I might need to give her a ride later <laughs> you know. So then they know that my friend knows where I am. <laughs> right. I mean, isn't it sad, though, that we can't just say, like, look, my friend's going to call me at 9 p.m. to make sure you don't murder me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I want an exit strategy because I'm not sure if I'm going to have fun on this date or not. Yeah. That's going to be my M.O. for dating from now on. Like, look, everyone knows where I'm at in case you turn out to be a serial killer. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest about it because being nice hasn't worked out all the time. <laughs> so that night when news the news article came out, she sat down with her parents and told them that she had been assaulted. She asked them to like not look at the news articles, um, just know that she's okay. She She's there. She'll be okay. But as she's telling her parents this, her mom has to like hold her up because she's like she can't even stand up she's so upset about everything and you know I'm sure it was kind of a relief in a sense to finally have someone besides her sister that she was telling that something happened to her I mean I can't imagine like the stress of all of that happening and then not having somebody that you can actually talk to about it right so Brock tells people that, um, and this is his first account of what happened. Mm -hmm. He changes his story later, of course. Um, he says that he didn't know her name. Um, he wouldn't even know what she looked like. He didn't say that they ever really talked, um, that they were just dancing and kissing. Um, and he says that he doesn't remember how they ended up where they were so basically at this point like he's tr also trying to say that he was so drunk that he doesn't remember how they ended up behind the dumpster right. um when they ask him if he was like taking her back to his dorm he said no um he says that you know he was dancing and kissing with other girls um well, and that he's one so of drunk them to remember like you know how would he even I you know what i mean like if he's so drunk why would he bring it like you know i don't know anyway 
But you right. also got up and run away, ran away yeah. too. So <laughs> um, he even like goes as far, which this is just piss me off if I were her. But he goes as far as to say that like, oh, one of the other girls I was kissing was your sister. Like, come uh, on, yeah, what a low blow. <laughs> like you didn't need to do that. Um, he admitted that he wanted to hook up with someone. Um, and you know. I guess she ended up being that person. Um, and, you know, obviously she feels like if I maybe if I wouldn't have went, none of this would have ever happened. Um, but, you know, she's through all of this. She's very strong person. If you guys get a chance, you should. It's very hard to watch like her victim statement, but you should watch it because she is like one of the strongest people. Um but she says, you know, if it if I wouldn't have went and it didn't happen to me, it would have just been someone else. Right. It's probably true. Yeah. I guess, um, like, going back to what you said, Randy, when you said something along the lines of, you said, I want to hook up with somebody. What was kind of going through my mind for a second was, did he want to hook up with someone specific that he had his eye on, a.k.a. her? Or was like, I just want to hook up with someone because I'm at a party yeah. and I'm, you know, trying to get my rocks off, you know? Exactly. And did he even care if it was consensual? Yeah, that's what I was wondering when you said that, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, another thing that she talks about is he, he was a freshman in college, so he's 19 years old yeah. and she's like, you're just entering college and you're still going to be here for at least four years with access to all of these girls parties. This is not the first time a girl's going to drink too much. So was this going to be something that continued? Like, sure. And he said that he thought she was enjoying it. One of two things. One, because she was rubbing his back. Okay. <laughs> and two, because supposedly she like had an orgasm or something, which I don't believe. But <laughs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god! I hate men talking about female orgasms. It's like you don't know. <laughs> think that they're the best <laughs> oh. uh, and they just are so proud of themselves <laughs> amazing <laughs> when, when does a girl go <laughs> guess what <laughs> I made him come twice last night like, <laughs> when do we brag about doing it to them <laughs> right? <It's> like <laughs> oh my god that would be hilarious <laughs> Did it again? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> just, just to clarify, we're not laughing about sexual assault. No, not at all. Just the oh. way like men try oh. to brag about themselves, and the more they brag, the worse they are. I'm sorry. I think I'm just laughing at Steph's delivery mostly. <laughs> <laughs> And I've also told people this is not a serious podcast. Like, never meant to be serious. I'm taking this so seriously, Randy. <laughs> I'm sorry we're offending you. This has been blocked out of my calendar for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I'm involved, it cannot be that serious. Come on. <laughs> so, you know, she continues to talk about how she's learning the, the graphic details of what's happened, you know. He's done this to her. He's done this to her. But never in this, and this is an important thing to point out as we get into it, but never in this does he say that he actually had sex with her. Okay. Then how do you make her orgasm? His presence. With his presence. He's just that good. <laughs> I don't even have to touch you, darling. <laughs> No, oh, he, he says the only thing, well, and at some point, she's told that there was a object inserted in her. Who knows what that object is, but it's just ridiculous. Um, so, she, you know, part of her frustration is that she's being told all of this stuff's happened to her, but she doesn't remember it. So she's kind of like, how do I prove this even happened? I wonder if that's better or worse. Like, it has to be kind of a blessing to not remember your assault, but on the other hand, not knowing what happened to your body and your, you know, yourself would be I, a bit of a mind. Yeah. 
I think for her, it's more of a, is he going to be punished for it thing if she doesn't remember? Because, you know, she's probably worried about, as I'm sure a lot of women do, like, are they going to believe me? Right. It's his word against mine. Like, how can I prove I didn't say yes? You know, that kind of a situation. So I think that's her concern with not remembering. Right. So basically through his whole statement, he, he says that he's going to just formally apologize to her, settle it, and they'll move on. Um, his family hires an attorney, witnesses, private investigators, all of these people to try and find out details in her life that can prove that she's not credible. And basically trying to prove that this was just a misunderstanding. He was confused. He thought she said yes. So. Okay. Great. Well, he has it all figured out. <laughs> he sure does. Um, so people are kind of telling her, you know, yes, she was told that she was assaulted. She doesn't remember. So she technically couldn't prove that it wasn't wanted um and she seems like a very um trying to think of the right word she doesn't seem like the kind of person that's going to just go get wasted and cheat on her boyfriend and like she seems like she's committed to him when the when the grad students came up though to save her wasn't she unconscious yes and you can't consent if you are unconscious exactly. so yeah <laughs> can't say yes or no like she didn't have the ability to say either yep so right very there true. non-consensual yep very true absolutely um so you know she's feeling a little frustrated with the whole situation um and you know, a lot of people are telling her she's just learning about it. She needs to take some time and and figure it out and take care of herself. But at this point, you know, people are starting to hear about it. And so investigators want to talk to her. Right. So she's questioned. And I, I feel like it goes on for a really long time. Um I think she said that it's, like, consistently being questioned for, like, a year. She said, trying to find where it is. Um, I had to fight for an entire year to make it clear that there was something wrong with this situation. So, investigators are, you know, talking to her. They're pretty aggressive with the whole situation, you know, trying to get her to slip up and, you know, say something differently, change her story. Um, I mean, they're asking every little question. How old are you? How much do you weigh? What did you eat? Did you drink any water? When did you drink? How much did you drink? Did you drink it out of a cup or or a bottle? Like, just ridiculous questions. (laughs) Um. And, you know, for someone who's just figured out what happened to them and been through that, like, that in itself can be frustrating. So, when she can't remember things, they basically just say, like, oh, we'll just let Brock fill in the details. Like, didn't he just say he was so drunk he didn't know if she said yes or no? Exactly. All right. (laughs) Just don't understand. So... Ultimately, um, in June of, so this happened in January of 2015, I believe it was in June of 2016, they finally indict Brock on five felony sexual assault charges. Wow. He pleads not guilty to all five, and this is where it was important when, when we were talking about whether or not they actually had sex. Um, Two of the charges are eventually dropped, which were the two rape charges, because there's no physical evidence that Brock actually had intercourse with her. 
And in the state of California, someone cannot be charged with rape under those circumstances. What? Yep. <laughs> Which is insane. Even though there there was documentation that she clearly had something inserted in her. They can charge him with sexual assault, but not an actual rape charge because of that. Okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right, then. Which is ridiculous. Um, so even with those three charges, um, he could potentially serve a maximum of 14 years in prison. So pretty good sentence. I mean, 14 years. Right. He'll still live his adulthood and all that. <laughs> yep. But <laughs> there's always a but. Um, he does end up being convicted okay. by all 12 jurors of those, all three of those charges. And it's decided that he will be sentenced to, are you ready for this? Just be prepared to get as angry. I'm ready now, actually. <laughs> um, he a lot of nervous laughter. <laughs> is sentenced to six months in jail, followed by three years of probation. Shut which fuck up. People were outraged. Did he even serve six months? <laughs> I knew it. I knew even he won't even serve his baby charge, will he? He served three months. Shut the oh, What a piece of garbage. Yep. So, when the charges are filed, the sentencing is given. Of course, people are not happy with it. Um, so, the judge that sentenced him is um, Judge Aaron Persky. And he ends up talking about why he chose the sentencing he did. Again, don't agree with any of it. Just going to put that out there. Okay. <laughs> um, so there's an article that they p publish on basically his explanation of exactly why he chose the sentencing that he did. Um, and Chanel had, you know, given her entire victim statement, which was like, close to 8,000 words. Like, it's a huge statement. It's, you know, she goes through it. She delivers it so well. Um, and the whole courtroom is crying. Like, you can tell people are really, they really understand how she feels. Mm -hmm. um, so he goes on to talk about how um, he wanted to read a couple points that he thinks are actually uh, appropriate in her statement. Those are the words he uses, appropriate. Um, so he talks about her statement and says that, you know, he's reviewed everything, including, um, you know, what the max sentencing could be, probation, his record if he had any, all of that. Um, and so somewhere in her statement, she said that, you know, he, when he did this, he had the opportunity to ruin his life. But he didn't consider that he's not just ruining his life. He's ruining two people's lives. Um, he wants, wanted, or she wanted to show people that one night of drinking can ruin two people's lives. Um, he was the cause of this event happening and she was the effect of it happening. Um, and, you know, this was his fault for, you know doing this to her as well as, you know, doing this to himself. I mean, he had made his own decisions. Um, you know, he, they can see the consequences of what's happened to him. You know, he had a title of this, you know, great swimmer. He has degrees, he has scholarships. So, you know, people can see the damage that was done to him, but people can see the damage that was done to her. Because, you know, she doesn't have to carry that every day. Because at this point, too, people don't actually know what her real name is. They, oh. they call her Emily Doe throughout the entire case. So they don't actually know what her name is. Interesting. Um, so, you know, she talks about, um, you know, a lot of people think that she was spared and she came out unscathed and rode off into the sunset, but everyone is mistaken. Nobody wins in this situation. And there's been devastating consequences on everyone. 
And so the judge is talking about how he believes that that statement's true, which, of course it is. Don't be an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he talks about um, some of the, the things that he's decided as to why he's going to sentence her or sentence him in the way that he did. So one of the criteria he mentions is um, that, you know, the sentencing of probation. He's never been on probation before. He's never had really much of a record. So he doesn't, they don't feel like if they put him on probation, he's not going to abide by it. Mm-hmm. So then they allude to the fact that there was alcohol present um, and, you know, that that was a, the majority of the problem in this situation, which, again. <laughs> so, wait. So, if I get drunk and murder somebody, it's okay because I was drunk and didn't know what I was doing? Yes. yes. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm not a man. <laughs> I'm not a man. Let me grow my penis first, and then apparently I can do whatever I like. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you have to be a, um, a swimmer with a scholarship to college and all that first. Oh, and I don't also swim. have I to float. be a man and white. <laughs> that all that I hope there? you float with two drinks in each hand. Oh, you know it. <laughs> um, so he says, um, I've considered all the facts related in the rule and I'm going through them. The first one relates to to the crime it's similar it where it talks about the nature seriousness and circumstances of the crime he thinks there's some weight in this because the defendant was voluntarily intoxicated versus a defendant who commits assault with the intent to commit rape a completely sober defendant is less morally culpable to the defendant who is legally intoxicated. Number one, he's 19. He's not legally intoxicated. Let's right. just go there. True. <laughs> so, and number two, I understand how he might not have as good of judgment being drunk, but still doesn't make it okay. <laughs> right. Um, the second factor was whether or not he was armed or had a weapon. And he didn't, so that's not applicable. The third factor is the vulnerability of the victim. The victim was extremely vulnerable. That's an element of the crime with respect to counts two and three, but not count one. So he's considered the fact that she's drunk. Um, And unconscious. Yeah, he's really considered it, right? Yes. Um, The next is whether the defendant inflicted physical or emotional injury. As we've heard today, there were both physical and devastating emotional injuries inflicted to the victim. That weighs in favor of denying probation, which they didn't do, so. (laughs) Um, Then they go on to talk about um, if there was any monetary loss to the victim, which they don't feel is applicable. And when she found out, remember, she was at work. So at some point, she had to tell her boss what happened. She had to take time off of work to attend all of these trials, you know, the trial. She had to take time off of work to talk to police. Like, obviously, she has had some sort of loss. Right. The next factor is that he actively participated in a crime. Um which would weigh in favor of denying probation, and whether the crime was committed because of an unusual circumstance, which he doesn't think is applicable. So they go on, you know, he goes on to explain all of this stuff, and that he's, I mean, he's technically an adult, but he's still a young adult. Um, He's never had any criminal convictions, and Ultimately, the part that when he makes a sentencing and says what he's going to be have to serve, he, the part that makes everybody really angry is he says that him going to prison 
could have a devastating effect on his life. <laughs> and we're supposed to care about that. Why? <laughs> and and his decision to assault Chanel didn't have a devastating effect on her life. Isn't that the right. point of prison? <laughs> exactly. So ultimately, that's why he decided to go with the six months in jail and probation is because of the effect it would have on his life in the end. Because he's only 19. He still has a bright future ahead of him. He's a bright kid. Well, then maybe if you're so bright, you shouldn't be doing underage drinking on a college campus. And maybe you should watch what you're doing and who you're trying to pursue and how you're pursuing it. Exactly. Agreed. Did did he get to go back to Stanford with his scholarships? I that's a really good question. Let me look that up really quick. I was wondering that too, Steph. I'm glad you asked. Yeah, I hope they pulled their money. It was like, no, we're not gonna, you know, fund the education of a rapist. Let's see. But if he's a good athlete, right? Oh yeah. So I actually graduated from TCU and oh, oh that was a situation. Jeez. So it says, so he only had to serve three months because he got time off for good behavior. Oh. And <laughs> good it, for does, him. Yeah. it does say that he is, that it does say that he's a former student. Um, he did get registered as a sex offender. Good. Yep. Um... So, but when he went on probation, like, they didn't give him a, like, an ankle bracelet or any of that. They just kind of let him on his way. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, I know. It had a devastating effect on three months of his life. Which, not funny, but kind of funny. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the the thing that I posted on Instagram for the podcast. No, I missed it. We've served more time in quarantine than Brock Turner did in jail. Oh, my God. I was like... Oh, yeah, perspective. Like, <laughs> and is it just me, or does he kind of look like a creepier version of Michael Sarah a little bit? Yeah. You know? <laughs> look him up. <laughs> does. I was just, like, looking at a picture of him this morning. I'm like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he totally does. So, you know, he's back on with his life. What would he be now? 24 years old? Yep. So, oh, he's got plenty of his life to lead. But Oh, to go, <laughs> you looked up. Sorry, the picture, I right? just found the picture. Oh <laughs> no! Yep. <laughs> oh my god, I hate him so much harder. <laughs> oh. Well, then you know Chanel goes on to talk about. I mean, she's older than him. I don't know how old she is. Um, let's see if I can find that. She's gorgeous. She is. I've her never seen her look so much like. <laughs> like you don't have your own device. I'm like, here. I want to see it anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah. So, right now, so he would be 24. She's 28. So she is four years older than him. Uh-huh. Um, and she had, you know, she had been done with college at this point. She probably had just finished pretty recently. Um, and like I said, she has like a writing degree. I don't know if she went for actual journalism or whatever, but she wanted to be a writer. Um, and she's talked about how this has, like, how much this has impacted the plans that she had for her life. She right. planned to be, um, to write children's books and, like, talk to children. And she's like, who, what parent is going to want a, someone who got too drunk and was assaulted, well, let's say raped, because that's what happened. Right. <laughs> someone Absolutely. who got raped to read stories to their children like so she you know she kind of doesn't know how she should write children's books about consent because i think that's like in all my sex ed classes i was never taught that i i mean i i know but you're not actually taught or given tools to say i i have the ability to consent or decline Mm -hmm. advances and men are not taught to ask for consent they feel entitled well, so, like, let's start him young. And even, like, as an adult now, I mean, we probably, 
I'll speak for myself. I've probably gotten a lot stronger the older I've gotten. But, you know, when you're younger, you don't... A lot of times women don't think they can say no because they think that they won't be given the same opportunities. You know, they can't say no to a certain job opportunity because, you know, they might get passed up for the next one. Or they can't ask for a raise because, you know, they might not get it. Or, you know, all of those things that we don't stand up for ourselves and ask for things or say no to certain things. Right. What else will happen? I was 27 before I learned that I could negotiate my salary. I'm I'm serious. I was never taught that because I thought I was in too low of a position. That's something like only executives did. I had no idea I could request a permission to negotiate my salary. Yep. And (laughs) HR has been sick of me ever since. (laughs) (laughs) When I remember there was somebody that I worked with, no names, of course, but um, I just remember I couldn't stand him. He was lazy. Like, he would, he was one of those people that everyone liked, so he just kind of got away with doing less. And he had already made, and mind you, I was above him, so I was like a lead at this time and he so he was below me and he had already made two dollars more than me and I found out that he asked for an extra dollar and just got it because he was buddies with the the other thing is though men will ask they will ask whether or not they deserve it and I feel like as women we usually try to earn it first and then say please reward me for everything I've done right if we ask at all it's crazy it's nuts so, Brock's out. Nobody knows what he's doing. Nobody cares. Because <laughs> now he's he'll, in front of a bus. Kind of he's he'll doing forever that. be known as that person. <laughs> uh, I wonder if he changed his name. I mean, Brock, who names their kid Brock? <laughs> Turner. What is Brock Turner doing? I bet you anything in high school he went by B-Rock. Oh, Probably. God. <laughs> no, he's I can that see kid. that. I can see that. <laughs> Oh, he actually withdrew from the university. Oh, okay. Um, but the USA Swimming released a statement banning him from competitive swimming. Well, um, I appreciate that. Yep, yeah. And they did right then. <laughs> so in 2020, <laughs> he was working at an entry-level job um, for a firm that manufactures cooling technology for medical appliances earning $12 an hour. He's 24 years old and still lives at home with his parents in Ohio. I hope his mother slapped him. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, like, I hope he, like, he walked up to that front stoop with, like, his suitcases and his, you know, I don't know, do you get, like, a letter that you have a felony or whatever and open the door and his mom would just slapped him. Slapped him, <laughs> slapped him on that booty and across the face, right? <laughs> So, um, and then Chanel went on to, uh, she wrote a book herself that just came out, like, the end of 2019, um, that's called Know My Name, um, so I kind of want to go back and, uh, like, read that at some point. Yeah, that'd be good. You know, she used her writing skills to write a book that, you know, hopefully will educate people, and, I mean... It's a terrible situation, but at least the best thing that can come from it is hopefully situations like this can be prevented in the future. Or if they happen, people can get harsher sentences because he didn't learn. The only lesson he learned is that people know his name now. He didn't learn a damn thing from that. No. He only learned something because now people know who he is. And that's all people are going to remember him for. Well, and at the time this was all happening, the, like, I remember the vibe being, the vibe was not, hey, men, don't rape drunk women. The vibe was very, like, hey, women, don't get drunk. Don't, um, don't wear certain clothing items. Don't yes. do this. Or else you're looking for it. And I don't, what's it called? I think her clothing is in it. You guys heard about that museum exhibit where it's oh. the actual clothing women were wearing when they were assaulted. Yeah. And some of it's, like, very 
right? Some of it's skimpy and sexy. Some of it's, you know, pajamas or like whatever. Yeah. But there are mannequins all around this exhibit saying that it doesn't matter what you were wearing. That doesn't make it your fault. Like it's wow. right. That that was a frustrating thing for me five years ago. Is that we were told that we needed to take better protection of ourselves to not get raped. Like they're teaching us how not to get raped. Well, no, you need to teach men not to rape. Right. Yep. But if you only have to do three months in jail, then I mean, why not? Like that's that's not not a lesson for him. It's a lesson for every man that you can get away with it. I mean, I guess at least he was. They did register him as a sex offender. If they would have done that, like... Right. <laughs> I am glad they did that. You know, I now I wonder that. with, like, every job interview he's gone on since, like, so tell me all about this case. What happened? Like, I'm just wondering how all of his job interviews have gone since this, you know what right. I mean? <laughs> when you have to check the box, say you've been convicted of a felony, yep. how, like, what does he I'm put in that box? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they do background check, so you know they got all the information. That's crazy. And you know they Googled it. (laughs) I wonder wonder why he hasn't changed his name. I don't know. You're a felon? I don't know if you can. Until it's maybe like fallen off your record. Because I feel like it falls off after a certain period of time. But I think it's a while. Hmm. You feel like that would take a while. Or even at all though, right? Or something like that? I thought you had to register as a sex offender for life. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. But I guess I, I'm not 100% sure. I just assumed maybe not. All felonies stay on your record permanently. Landlords, employers, banks, and law enforcement can see any, any felony you've ever been convicted of. And his three counts were felonies, correct? Yeah, so... His three counts were assault with the intent to rape an intoxicated woman, sexually penetrating an intoxicated person with a foreign object, and sexually penetrating an unconscious person with a foreign object. And assault with intent to rape, like, that should have been more than six months. I'm sorry. I just, I don't understand how sexually assaulting an unconscious and penetrating an unconscious person isn't rape. But also, I'll take the three felonies, because that's more than most men get convicted of, but how is that not a rape? It's just crazy. (laughs) I don't know. So what can we take away from this, you guys? Don't get drunk. I'm joking. (laughs) 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 Open another. Green tea. (laughs) Um, Have good friends. Yes. Watch out for each other and strangers too that are going to, you know, take care of you too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> and good for those grad students. They are like saints. Like, yeah. That's the other thing is a lot of people now, like, at least here, you know, it's Minnesota. People are kind of keep to themselves. Like. They're not confrontational, so a lot of people might not stop and say something. Mm-hmm. I and think I th- that's everywhere, yeah. And I think especially now with, like, everything else that's going on, too, you know, all of these issues with, um, you know, like the Black Lives Matter stuff that's going on, especially here in Minnesota, but it's happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't not say anything. Like, I don't know how people can see something happen and not say something right that time's over i think we've proven that you just need to say something and people don't like confrontation so a lot of times if people are just doing something they know is wrong and you confront them a lot of times they're not going to fight back not say it all the time but also maybe don't fight them Oh, yeah, so a lesson to take away. You said the people that were holding him down, they were engineering grad students? Yeah. So yeah. always be friends with engineering grad students because you never know what the hell they're capable of strength-wise. Yes, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> there we go. Well, and I guess they were on the you way to the same party. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, yeah. So it must have, been a, must have been a big thing going on. I think we're all kind of en- enraged now. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Makes me want to go but, drink now. <laughs> but it's important 
you know, to talk about how, you know, somebody can be well off and have this life that people are like, he has such potential and then, you know, get away with a lot more than other people could. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast. Um, Hopefully everyone can go check out True Crime Tea Time on Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) Those are the two places I'm most active. Maybe I'll I'm post really more happy stuff. I've been drinking tea this entire time on this podcast. It makes there me you happy. go. Filling <laughs> 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 the tea. Yes. Into my, into my mouth. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to True Crime Tea Time. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter for true crime memes, breaking news, and more while you wait for the next episode. That's true crime, the letter T, and time.